We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host. Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. The Yankees have no direction at all. Hi, Scott. What's up, man? There's no direction uh, at all. We don't even know what they're doing on the baseball field. We don't even know what they're doing for the starting pitcher. We don't know what they're. We do know what they're going to say in the post game, though. We do know what they're going to say in the post. Broken record. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing. They do have some direction there. You know, we're we're grinding. We're working at it every day. I don't know what more we can do. We're really trying. Well, you hard. know, they've got the guys in the room. They've just gotta. They've just gotta improve from within. Yeah, it's right in front of us. It's all right there. We're. This is a serious contender team. Put this team together to compete. We're in it to win it. So the deadline came and went. The Yankees were the final team to make a move, if that's what you want to call it. Kenyon Middleton, who's a, a rental relief pitcher from the White Sox. That it doesn't even there. sound like a real name. It's just like someone <laughs> it's just, made, made it, it up. It, honestly, I would have preferred them not to make a move at all um, because this is basically a move just to make a move. There was I saw a tweet that um, every single team – since July 1st in Major League Baseball had made some sort of move except the Yankees. And this was at like 5 p.m. before the deadline with like an hour to go. And then Brian Cashman just like, okay, what can we do that has absolutely no impact one way or the other? I know. Let's get this guy from the White Sox for a prospect no one's ever going to hear from again and a reliever that's going to pitch for us for two months and no one's ever going to hear from again. You know what? If the if the Yankees had listened to us when we actually did our GM episode and and just went and got a deal done for Bellinger, then you know, things could have been a little bit different. Cubs were not in a situation at that point. You could have overpaid a little bit, had the ability to overpay a little bit. Why not? Just go get the guy and try to fix something, try to try to actually make it work. But no, everybody became uh by the time the deadline came, there were there were so few teams 
involved in selling their players that, you know, the only true thing that he said is like, yeah, the, the, the pot of, of teams and players certainly got smaller, but guess what? A lot of teams figured it out. A lot of teams figured it out to get, get themselves better, including the Houston fucking Astros who are about to come into town with Justin Verlander again. It's, it's like you look around and you see what other people did and they made that's moves. the nightmare that's never going to end is Justin Verlander shoving bats down the Yankees throat pitching in a Houston Astros uniform. That's going to happen until the day we die. I feel. Yeah, I know he's ta- he, he's been, he's been rubbing it in my face that he's a professional. He's been in your life for 20 years. He's been in my life for way too long. And I saw <laughs> like 25 and I, years. And, I, and I saw, I saw a very different thing. Okay. And now he's just like, look at me, Kate Upton. Oh, World Series. Oh, never going to stop playing. Oh, going to shove the bats down the Yankees' throats. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. In fact, I don't blame him. Good for him. I'm happy for him. He's, oh, he's this, I mean, this, that Good is, for him. It's, I hate, I hate everything it. about it. I hate everything about it. But at the same time, it's hilarious. The Astros are going to get Justin Verlander back for and less barely money. For less money, they're getting him back for a playoff run, which you know because they have balls will make a deep playoff run. You just dude, know that it, the first half of the season doesn't matter. He just had Steve. They basically used Steve Cohen to cut his salary in half and get him when they need him. He had a nice Manhattan vacation for a couple months, and now he's going back to Houston for the playoff run, where he'll probably be vintage Justin Verlander again because of the actual whatever. I, I don't. I, back to the point. To your point about Brian Cashman needing to make moves a month ago and not in the 48 hours leading up to the deadline, because you're right. Whatever they did Monday and Tuesday was likely going to be too little too late for this team. They needed to make moves in June and July when this team was reeling, but still at that point was in third place and could have sustained until you got guys back and healthy and hopefully performing because I, Talk about broken record. We sound like a broken record. No matter who they acquired at the deadline, unless Judge come, it was back and healthy and performing and Stanton started to hit and DJ and, and all those guys started to hit, this team's going nowhere anyway. Yeah. But what you could have done in June and July is go acquire an outfielder, which you desperately needed. Go acquire a corner infielder, which you desperately needed. Acquire anything to give yourself a better chance in June and July to not fall this far behind. And now what you are left with leading up to the deadline is a roster and a team and and a position in the standings that they know is not, they cannot overcome it. Okay. Brian Cashman knows that he's a, he, I believe he's smart enough to realize this team was not worth investing in, but he was also, as many people said, many experts in the industry said, paralyzed by indecision which is the worst thing you could possibly be in a position of general manager is well, and not why you have knowing indecision. what to do. Why do you have indecision? Because you don't have a plan. That's, that's the biggest piece. When you don't have a plan and you don't have something that you're looking at to execute. And I, I have an idea, understanding that that plan will pivot. You will have, you probably should have a plan with 16 different routes that, that it can go so that you're ready for this. But what this leads me to believe is that there's, there's a lack of preparation, understanding what, what they put together for, for what has happened, and they just didn't know how to do anything. So I'm going to ask you a question because this is something I'm wondering, and maybe this is just me saying, me being hopeful in, in, in how things are, are, conversations are happening inside the Yankees brass. Do you think at any point by Monday after the Baltimore series that Hal said to Brian Cashman, you're not making any significant move? I don't want you selling 
anything significant because we need to, uh, I, I don't want to add pieces right now. Like this is your team. You and Boone need to figure it out for the rest of this year or that's it. And they're going to bring in someone else to, to help architect the team a little bit more and use some of the assets that they can make. I really I, that, hope that that could be that could be you know one of those things and because if you're Brian Cashman and you're fighting for your GMs are I mean granted he's like in the club in the Steinbrenner club but you'd think that they're they're fighting for their job right so you want to be aggressive especially in the New York market like this when you don't do a damn thing you don't do anything you don't go one way or the other you don't sell you don't you don't add anything significant that adds anything to this team the 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 guy that they added is essentially bringing up someone from AAA there's there's really nothing different than that. Um, you you got to believe that there's oh, some, talk of some sort of mandate. They sent scouts to see Juan Soto just to make sure he's good. Okay. If yeah. they, if they I, wanted to acquire him. Common sense department says he's good. The, you got to believe maybe there's a, maybe there was something said, this is your bed, lie Listen. in it, fix it or don't. And that's it. Like this is an old dead man walking or not figure it if, out if that actually happened that is a real terrible job by hal steinbrenner because i understand why he does not want to lose out on being quote-unquote competitive in the second half of this season or the final stretch of this season because he wants to put asses in seats at yankee stadium but if he is going to say that to his general manager basically saying listen i know this team's not good enough but you can't even try to fix it or try to set us up for better success next year then what are we doing here? Or he's saying, you believe this team is still good enough. You believe that this we have what we need to make this. Th but they're okay. not. Anyone with eyeballs can see they're not. This team is not good enough. Well, Brian Cashman then doesn't have eyeballs because he he does think that. He says that. C clearly, we're in it to win it. He's been saying well, what else? Things. What else is he going to say? Like you, I, like you always get annoyed with me for saying, oh, I just wish Boone would say this or that. But we know what these guys are going to say. They're never going to – they're not going to sit there and say on August 1st, we're not good enough. I get they're it. They're going to say we believe we're good enough, even though everyone knows they're not good enough. My point is, is that it's still it, it could be a, a you've made your bed now lay in that situation, and and it, you either fix it or you well, don't. But this but is it, this is well, where you then put the blame on Hal, put the blame on Cashman. That is oh, the, the worst blame possible is, the place. Blame goes no, but, all the way to the top, no doubt. But about that's it. the worst possible place to be as any organization, not just a baseball team, any organization to sit there and and analyze something and say this is not working, but. This is our fault. This is our bed. We must lay in it and continue to deal with the crap. Ha, ha, you don't even try to make changes. You, so, so what are we doing? Yo, Kenyon Middleton, you know, right? Hopefully. Oh yeah, Cashman's quote. And he references really references, get, Dorf, really he gets, references the Cortez, uh, uh, Nestor Cortez. He references Loisica. He, he referenced all the, the the guys that we had talked about being midseason acquisitions from from within. He did that. He played that game. He gave so, us what we wanted. And and he just really get the motivation going with this quote from Cashman. Hopefully we got a little better with Middleton and hopefully we can get better from within. And hopefully we didn't get worse by making a bad decision. Hopefully we didn't get worse. <laughs> that's a, that's a real uh, interesting way to look at it. And what's happening, just, what's happening in Queens? Weren't there some yeah, quotes so about that? We pulled this quote and it's just, it's beautiful. Um, not synergy. What's the word I'm looking for? It's a shit show. Just read it. <laughs> Steve Cohen was saying, you look at the probabilities. What are we at? 15% to make the postseason and other teams were getting better. So you have to take odds down from that. So you're going to have a 12% chance of just getting into the playoffs. Those are pretty crummy odds. I've said before, hope 
is not a strategy. I want sustainability. And so what did Steve Cohen and the Mets do? They traded pieces and they paid to trade pieces away to get prospects, hopefully to sustain for a longer time. We looked it up right before we started recording. It's ironic that you said hopefully to sustain just for the record, but okay, keep going. No, no, that is is kind of ironic. Um, He didn't say that. I said that. Um, The... uh, the Mets, like we said, 12 to 15% chance to make the playoffs. They decided that's not a good enough chance. We're going to act now and set ourselves up for success in the future. The Yankees, we looked this up right before, 19.2% or something like that to make the playoffs currently as we sit here on August 3rd. 15%, 12%, 19%. There's no difference between any of that. I mean, none of those numbers matter to me anyway, but yeah, the chances are low. They're bad. I, I did think it was interesting with uh, that what, what Scherzer kind of leaked about the conversation he had with with Cohen and Brass about the team not putting back. This is I'm not going to go off on this, but I thought it was interesting and funny. Not going after uh, significant free agents next year and looking at 25, 26 as as the as the yeah. more realistic opportunity He's there. <laughs> yeah, so Scherzer's like, oh yeah, okay, okay. So I where do I sign to get out of here? Yeah. So. Just the, the the Yankees deadline, I think, was worst case scenario because if they if they did acquire, even if I I know it was going to be too little, too late, you can trick yourself for a couple of days into thinking, oh, okay, maybe some things can fall into into place and this team can get back in, into the race here. And if they sold, maybe pieces Bader, Glaber, some of the relievers and things like that. While that would have been, I think, surprising, at least it's a direction that the team is going in, and you can convince yourself on that, right? Just we want a direction. We want a plan to get behind. And what they said at this deadline was, we don't have a plan. Let's just see what happens. And and that's not going to be good enough because what happens is the way this team plays is you saw them last night against Tampa. Garrett Cole comes out, and after the first inning, shoves pitches down seven dominant innings. The Yankees bats wake up Volpe stay and hit the home runs and the team has a nice win and it looks great. But what is it surrounded by three, four, five games of just utter trash where they're out of the game in the second or third inning. And you know, it's a loss as soon as they fall behind three, nothing. That yeah. is what this is. So you win one out of three, one out of four. That's yeah. Not good and- enough. And frankly, you know, when when uh, when Wander goes deep and and they go up two nothing off the out of the jump, you're like, oh my god, here yeah. we go again. Are you kidding me? So at least, uh, you know, Cole, who's been Fine. at least they phenomenal, back. yeah, has been phenomenal. The the guys put some numbers um, in here with Cole about you know coming back from uh, from a loss. Where are the numbers? Uh, they're not in the maybe it was in a. He's not. The, the Yankees chat. are nine and zero. Oh. The Yankees nine are and zero. Oh. Oh. He's 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 essentially taking that stopper role where he's really the the only hope. And when you're on the mound, he gives you an opportunity every single time. As many things as I've said about Garrett Cole and my uncertainty and my, my, my non-belief with him in certain moments, uh, man, has he been different this year? He just, he, he looks like the the guy that has come over and it's a goddamn shame that the team around him is trash because yep. right now we're getting the best Cole we've gotten for, you know, a longer period of, uh, of time. And when we don't hit that window on our most prized asset, uh, to actually surround him with a decent team, it's it's a it's a waste of money at the end of the day. Really, it is. It's a waste of money and it's a waste of talent and it's a waste of uh, damn good performances. So it's a fucking shame that that they haven't put this thing together around what they deemed was the most important asset in in uh, in Garrett Cole. And then Rodon, you know, can't throw a strike. So who the fuck knows there? Yeah, we the clip of um, 
Joel Sherman was circulating where he went on a little bit of a rant about Cashman and the Yankees and basically just said they've built a $300 million roster where they only have two players. They have Garrett Cole and they have Aaron Judge. And this year, Aaron Judge has been injured for a large part of the season. So that has been he's been non-existent and Garrett Cole. Yeah. is having a fantastic season. He's currently the favorite to win the Cy Young. Great. It's coming in a season. That's, that's not going to matter. That's not Cole's fault necessarily, No, but he's going to win a Cy Young and the Yankees are going to finish three games over 500 or something like that. So beautiful. Great. Like you said, they're wasting prime Cole. They're wasting prime judge next year. It's just one more year towards not being prime in those guys. And if you don't win with those guys in their prime, you're probably not going to win ever. And I, it's a, it's a, it's a very fleeting this this whole run of you want to call it 17 through ever since wherever. 17 man ever since 17 like that was such a high even going into 17 and then 17 delivered on everything we asked we could have hoped for plus 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 and and then you know it ended obviously but ever since then it's like can't get it can't get it back can't get it back can't no ever since back Ever since they hired the broadcaster to be the manager, it's been a shit show. Seriously. Yeah. Like, I know they had good season in 18 and 19, but they didn't win. And it's been, it's just been a complete joke. Like, th- this was a circus this week. Now's the time we have to talk about the Domingo Herman circus. Okay. Herman yeah. checking himself into rehab, getting help for, for alcoholism. Alcohol. Okay. Domingo Herman, in case you needed another reminder, is not a good guy. Being an alcoholic does not necessarily make you not a good guy, but domestic violence makes you not a bad guy. And he has that on his record. Makes you, Yeah, it makes you a bad guy. Cheating makes you a bad guy. And he has that on his record this year as well. And when you dive into what happened this week and hear guys talk about it and, and hear what the Yankees are saying, it sounds like there was another there was an incident. With his yeah. immediate family this week. Involving- I don't know if it was with the immediate family, but uh, but everybody, including all of the players, referenced the immediate family as someone in there uh, as a concern as well. So, again, a lot of speculation around this because the Yankees are clearly lying to us. First of all, that's the first thing. This is all bullshit. Like, there's some bullshit happening. It's It smelled like bullshit when they used the, the armpit, armpit excuse. Whether, whether that was coming from Herman the armpit and then they just continued with it. It's it just like, what are we doing? The armpit? What? What's happening And Boone, here? Boone was caught in lies uh, for in sure. His, in his uh, press conferences, because we got the news. Herman was scratched from the start on Monday and everyone's immediate thought was trade. Yeah. And then they said armpit discomfort. Right. Then he's warming up in the bullpen after which the goes back, already which down goes big. back, goes back to the day before where he couldn't throw like, Pain tolerance at a high, at the at the highest you can be, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Sometimes will make you not be able to throw being blackout drunk. That's that's that could be absolutely that is uh, that is not a good recipe for going and uh, and throwing balls or catching balls. I've told my vodka, my Red Bull vodka story <laughs> with trying to play first base, taking myself out of the game. Not good. Not a good combination. You knew something was immediately fishy when he's warming up in the bullpen in the fifth inning on Monday night, and. I thought it was just a trade that fell through and they didn't have him start because he was in a trade package and then that didn't happen. So they're like, okay, let's put him in the game. He pitched great on Monday night. He pitched five shutout innings. It didn't matter. The Yankees were getting crushed. And by the the way, if they had come out and said that, everybody would be like, okay. Yeah, exactly. That would have been a real, a reasonable thing to say. Yes, that's perfect. 
Every team does that. You don't yeah. want to jeopardize a guy that you might be trading with injury. Sure. Yeah, of course. I'm not faulting them for that. And then after the game, Boone's talking about how he was in, he was uh, looked at by Dr. Ahmad in the 5 o'clock hour and was cleared. But at that point, it was too late to get him ready to start, and Brito had already been preparing for his start. Okay? So Sunday, he's got such armpit discomfort, he can't throw a baseball. 5 o'clock on Monday, he's cleared to pitch. And Brito was brought up on Sunday. They they or yep. they they got him moving on Sunday, understanding that there's a possibility of something. Eight thirty-five at night on Monday, he's warming up in the bullpen and he's pitching five scoreless innings. Okay, and then Wednesday, Boone says this. He tells there's something happening with the rotation, right? Okay, so we find out that uh, right before the game, the Yankees released the press uh, the press that that he's checking himself into rehab. And then after the game, they're talking about an incident on Tuesday, which is after the whole Monday debacle with the game. There was an incident on Tuesday. Logan, you said something about Stanton saying, uh, what did he say exactly? Stanton said, um, they asked him, like, is it um, like, is it tough to, like, play with this? And he was like, mm, I kind of, like, knew this was coming. Like, knew this was knew it was going to be something like so, this. And, and just for, like, more context here. From what they're saying and from what Cashman was saying too, you know, Herman's had this, an alcohol uh, it goes issue. back to 2019 when he was drunk at, at CC's, CC's thing. Yes. Kind of an ironic connection there with CC, uh, who also checked himself into rehab. CC though, good guy. Uh, he, yeah, he was drunk at that. And that's, that's how the domestic violence thing happened. Yeah, that's when it happened. The, and then, and then, so yeah, so they're all referencing. Clearly, everybody was prepped beforehand because a lot of them are saying similar things in 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 the way that they're prepped for the media. Of course, that's what happens. And all of them are are yeah. Thoughts are with the them and the immediate family. Like a lot of them kept. Refer- so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there was something that happened there. Wouldn't surprise me. And then also, you know, Cashman double, saying that he's done for the year. This is whether he gets better or not. He's out for the year. That's it. He's not going to pitch for us again. So he should never pitch for the Yankees again, period. He shouldn't have been in the first place. He shouldn't have been. But at this point, how how many second chances are you going to give this guy? If if it was just he had a drinking problem, everything else never happened. He just had a drinking problem. You, of course, let the guy rehab and get back on the mound, and hopefully he can get sober and and pitch again. That is not the situation we're dealing with Deming or Herman. He is not a good person. We've learned this now for four-plus years. He is probably bad for the clubhouse if you've got Stanton saying oh we knew something like this was this is this there's was a, gonna yeah, happen. Uh, an obvious distraction it's a distraction get rid of him after this is over with well no he's part of the yankee family this is what mm-hmm. brian cashman so he's part of the yankee family they're going to do all the things so he's, he's you know that, at this point frankly drunk uncle you never want coming to a barbecue frankly at this point i feel like the yankees have an obligation to the family <laughs> for over herman to be honest That's fine you know what i'd be cool with get rid of domingo herman pay the family yeah <laughs> pay the them, family some money of, so they can sustain take care of his family get rid of domingo herman entirely yeah it's a what a shit show. And, you know, the, the fact that there are so many just crazy stories that are, are, are coming from them with the armpit and he's not coming in and now he's being dismissed. And, and, and Cashman's saying that they're completely not connected. There's, there's just no way. There's just no way that this is one large coincidence around a guy that has coincidence like this follow him for the, the duration of his, of his Yankees career. It just There's no way. 
There's no way that they're not connected in some way. I'm sorry. I can't believe that. I cannot believe that. And the so, fact that the Yankees didn't know more about this stuff too and 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 make additional moves, understanding as well that, you know, Herman also part of the you're looking at baseball, go back on the field for a second, put my uh put my GM hat on and my manager hat. Well, now you're down a starting pitcher in your rotation for the team that you're trying you're saying is ready to go, has to perform in it to win it down the stretch, who's been one of our best starting pitchers all year long outside Garrett. No, Cole. no, he, he really has been. I mean, if you it's look at his. It's not saying a lot. It's not saying a lot. First of all, that's not saying a lot. He has, other than the perfect game, he's been pretty freaking bad. Name, name someone else who's been better besides I, Cole. I, I, all I'm saying is Clark Schmidt has been better. Okay, than Clark Schmidt has been better. Yes, you're right. Yeah, Luis Severino obviously hasn't in five starts for Radon. No, he's got like a six something ERA. Yeah, and Nestor hasn't been there. Nestor hasn't been there. Cole has been steady, obviously great. And, Vasquez, and Vasquez has been better. <laughs> there's just like you said, there's just no way these the whole situation with um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are not connected. So the Yankees are clearly lying to us. Which I understand you don't come out and just tell the whole truth. But why, assuming there was an incident on Sunday or Monday that caused them to scratch him, why are you then putting him in the game only to have him – like The optics of that alone just like someone else, man. It's, it's awful. Out. He's out of the game. Don't use him. Clearly yeah. don't use him. And like what does that say to the rest of the team who all knows what's happening? Right. They all know he was scratched because he was either too drunk or too hungover or, or had something. an incident with his family, something – and then he's out there in the pen warming up in the fifth inning. You look back, like you look over your shoulder. Oh, f- is, that, is that fucking Domingo warming yeah, up? And what they're are all we doing talking here? about how we're protecting our player, protecting our player. Well, I, there, there's not a difference here for you protecting your player from starting than than bringing him in to to throw multiple innings in the fifth. Like, it, what, what are we? What? It's he's playing in the game. Like, I don't care if he throws one inning or six innings. It doesn't matter. You're going back on anything you're saying. It's just the it's, optics. Like you said, the optics are awful. Everything I don't this team. It's one thing after the other, just just terrible, terrible, terrible. Just and Boone, Boone has can't get out of their own way. Boone, Boone. If you're looking at the manager and where the manager can be faulted here, there's definitely fault. Don't throw him. Get him out of the get him out of the stadium. You certainly don't go up and warm him up because oh yeah he's ready now after because they need they player. need innings right it doesn't like they, matter this is exactly what they were thinking how stupid he is and how how out of touch he is by by doing that like that is a manager that is a managerial decision getting a guy warmed up mm-hmm. right no, the they were the day, like, they were probably like well this is the he's gonna go into rehab sooner than later so let's take <laughs> advantage of him now get some innings out of him now. Even though the game was four to nothing what, or whatever it was. What did the breathalyzer point. say? Oh, we're good. Throw him. Get him out there. What do you think was higher, his ERA or his breathalyzer? Uh, on Tuesday, not the ERA because he pitched really well. It's just crazy, a, man. This is just circus shit show this season. And, and like, you, like, you, you move <laughs> forward looking at the rest of the year now, too. Obviously, Houston – Coming into here, they they salvaged the game against McClanahan, which I would love to talk about. That would be amazing to be able to to, to mention because he's a very good starting pitcher. That's the guy that one thousand percent I would I assumed would would shut it down. And after Cole gives up that two run home run, that and McClanahan's on the other side, you're like, oh well, this can't this team can't score runs against guys with six ERA, let alone a guy that's an actually legitimate good pitcher. They're screwed, and somehow they 
decide to uh, hit him and and are able to attack that guy, which was was uh, out of the blue. So I'd love to talk about that. Love to talk about those things. But it's very difficult to do that. It's when hard you're to putting all that. of the circus stuff in front of us and identifying. You keep saying one thing and then doing another. You say one thing, you do another. You say one thing, you do another. Every time. It's like, it's a little boy that cried wolf. What are we doing? It's not just the circus that makes it hard to get excited about Wednesday's win. It's also the fact that we realize it does not matter. They want to They're going to continue to win games here and there. Maybe they'll have some comebacks. They're going to look great on certain nights. Cole's going to continue to pitch well. Stanton had a big three-run home run. Volpe had a big two-run home run. All of those things will continue to happen, and they'll continue to lose series and fall just ever so slightly farther and farther behind. They're not going to they're probably not going to just tank and lose nine out of 12 or something like that and, and just completely fall out of the race. No, they'll continue to go about 500 game below game above just to stay around, just to hover around the third wild card spot. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, <sighs> at this point too, if you're, if you're a player in this team, the only thing that you can do is have, you know, just huddle. Have, have some team meetings yourselves like Aaron judge. This is a, a big opportunity for him to, to be a, the loudest voice in the room. Your manager's not the loudest voice in the room. He needs to be the loudest voice in the room with, with, with this team and, and, and try to muster up something, you know, that, I have to that's imagine only... that's happened already, right? Like they had, they had to have had meetings, yeah. but I'm saying it, door it, meetings it, right now, right now. And for the rest of the year, it needs to be constant. It needs to be constant. It can't just be one moment anymore. It I want to talk be, about. He needs to be the vocal and leader that 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 leads by example, which he always has done. But again, like you look around, and there's no way that these players who are professional athletes, who are grown ass men, are looking at Aaron Boone and being like, "Oh yeah, he's our leader." No, they're not saying that. They are not saying that. Reason number seven hundred and fifty four why you cannot go into another season with this man at the helm. The exact same reason why you couldn't go into this season with that man at the helm, but they did anyway. The, there's got to be a respect factor that's 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 being lost. Hearing him do the things, say the things over and over again with nothing changing. He's just it, there's nothing there. There's nothing there to get to get hopeful about. So Aaron Judge needs to be that guy. Stanton needs also to be that guy. Needs to be vocal. Harder for him to do when he's not performing. And Judge is limping around the goddamn. Yeah, can we uh, hold on, hold that thought on Judge? I want to talk about it. But first, I want to talk about Game Time, which is our preferred ticketing app because it is the easiest way to buy tickets to whatever you want to go to: sporting events, concerts, comedy shows, and theater, and much, much more. Obviously, the Astros are coming to town. I just ask if you're going to an to Yankees Astros game this weekend, please do not chant "fuck Altuve." Okay, it just sounds stupid at this point. When they continue to dunk our heads in toilets and give us swirlies and the Yankees are where they are just enough with the stupid Altuve chance. It does not help also because every time you chant fuck Altuve, he gets in the box and hits another double or another home run. But the game time app has a ton of cool features and is easy to use. It shows you trending tickets, what sections the best deals are in, and it calls out cheap options and flash deals and much, much more. So you can make an informed purchase. Maybe you want to go to the game that Verlander is pitching just for a little extra torture. There's even event cancellation protection so you can buy with confidence. I love using game time because you get images of your seats before you buy. It's a super fast process, a couple taps and you are done. And then boom, tickets are right sent, sent right to your phone. I don't have to go through my email, which I have like 7,000 unread emails of just garbage from 
things I don't care about. Snag tickets today without stress using Game Time. Download the app, create an account, use code Bronx for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Once again, download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Bronx B R O N X just in case you can't spell for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Thank you, Game Time. Judge. Judge is doing everything he possibly can. He's come. He's playing uh, when he probably shouldn't be. The fact that this team is telling me. uh, Why do you say he probably shouldn't be? Because someone. So so let me go back to a a post game because I feel like uh, I have to watch them now, even though he says the same thing. It's like I have to. Must watch part of the game at this point. But the. um, So someone asked him uh, about Judge that was, you know, he's clearly laboring, uh, going around second into third. when, when he was uh, running on the base path, right? You could tell that he's not, not running right. Uh, and, and if that's, uh, if that's a concern and what he, what Boone said was that, well, he's out here playing and, and that's what we're saying. We're hopeful that it's going to continue to get better. It's going to continue to get better. That's the situation. I don't get that. I don't possibly understand. I understand that the, the injury can't get worse from like a long-term perspective. I get that. Okay. I, I understand that part. If you were to injure it, it would be, again, it's something short-term, something that could be remedied in the offseason, hopefully. That said, how are you – I don't understand how you have a, a ligament damage in, a, in your foot and playing on it every day is going to allow for additional healing to happen at a, at a high level. That doesn't make any sense to me. This is – he's still using it on a daily basis, continue – you know, high, high, uh, high torque movements, a lot, of, a lot of just strain on that foot – from doing the daily things that he does to be a major league baseball player and knowing Aaron judge, he's, he's going to try to have it not limit him as much as possible, which means he's going to push himself. And the fact that you're telling me that it's going to continue to get better and get better and get better. I don't believe you. I don't believe anything you're saying to me. That's bullshit. There's no way him playing is going to help it get better. That said, okay. If he's just dealing with it and it's a pain thing, fine. And he's going to have that. It's not going to get feel better. He's not going to start running like a gazelle again. It's not going to happen. But this man is putting himself out there to play because he knows this team needs him. They literally need him. If you want to make a case for most valuable player of anybody, Aaron Judge is the most valuable player when you're in terms of value to their particular team. He is the team. So he recognizes that and is putting himself out there. And he's doing everything you possibly can. But the fact that you're telling me that it's going to continue to get better as he's playing, I just you're, you're full of shit, all right? This guy is laboring. In fact... Don't say that because it's it's not even fair to him. He's putting himself on the line to do this. It's not going to get better. It's it's going to still feel terrible probably throughout the entire year. And it's going to hurt. And it's going to labor. And it's going to affect him. And that's him toughing it out and doing what he has to do. It's not him just out there healing based on what you're saying. It's not even giving yeah. him the credit he deserves. The questions are going to continue to come for two reasons. One, because when you see him laboring, that's it's an obvious thing to ask. But two, it's everyone on everyone's mind is at what point do they shut him down because this team is not going to make the playoffs right i said last episode they're not going to shut him down until they're mathematically eliminated because i i just think that's how the yankees will operate and that's how well probably what judge will want too right it's sort of uh going back to the whole Derek cheater thing i just don't think there's any chance of that i think he's going to get shut down well before that then if if there's even a possibility that they will do that they should shut him down now because like you said, what is it helping for him to play the next three, four or five weeks? If all he's going to do is potentially just manage pain, perform when he's out there because he's Aaron judge and he's great. 
probably get walked a ton because any team would be fool foolish to pitch to judge and not pitch to Rizzo or Stanton or someone else around him who can't freaking hit. So just walk Aaron judge. When you have the, the worst qualified batter uh, hitting right behind him, as, as tweeted out with Anthony Rizzo from May 21st, I think the, the stat was the worst qualified batter in major league baseball. That that's, that's an alarming thing to say. That's the guy that's protecting your best, the best hitter on the planet right now, not named Shohei Otani. They're, they're both right there. But when you are protecting him, quote unquote, from being walked, of course, everybody's going to go after the guy. That's the worst player in baseball. It's, it's like best player in baseball, worst player in baseball, best player in baseball, worst player in baseball. Who are you going to throw to? It's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. Everything's ridiculous. If you want to make it a better, put Rizzo in front of him if you're going to do it so that Rizzo is at least getting some strikes and has a better chance to do it with, with Aaron Judge helping him out. This is what I said last week. You having him in the two spot is actually making it worse for the other people because they're just going to pitch around him with no issue. No, there's no... There's no common there's no common sense with this team. You know what there's I'm saying? No, like you want to get Rizzo no out thinking, of it, put him in front of Judge. How about that? Maybe, maybe, maybe he'll get better pitches. Maybe he'll oh, get something you know to what, hit. You know what I enjoyed from the Monday press conference? Someone asked Boone, was bringing in Domingo Herman in the fifth inning, were you trying to do a situation like with Debbie Garcia and Jay oh, yeah. in the playoffs? And Boone was just like, no. And then you could see it on his face. He was like think and kept rolling his eyes and looking at someone like back to that same question. That was Hoke, I think, too. Was it? Oh God! And I Hope was, that was a pure troll by Hoke. Oh yeah, pure troll. Oh, yeah. Pure troll. And I completely appreciate it. Yeah, because at this point, all Boone is doing is trolling the media and the fans. So, and yeah, I, honestly, these guys, back. these the B guys, they all need to become like, uh, rab, you know, rabid dogs right now. They 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 need to. They don't they, though. They don't because they're fearful of their job. Okay, they, and they don't they, want to lose they do access. Need to. They, I feel like they need to. I feel like they need to kick back some OG New York beat uh, beat reporter pressure and just they don't. Like, they won't. They'll. Know, it's never going to happen. Pressure's because, trying. You know, Hoke with that little comment, something. But yeah, those are like little things. But you still get the questions, like the the leadoff question. No matter who it is, it put Boone um, <clears throat> Carlos Rodon really struggled with his command out there tonight. What'd you see? Well, yeah, he really struggled with his command. He couldn't locate his four seam. Like, <laughs> come on, let's not let's not waste the, glove. the two and a half minutes. He's gonna talk about that and just say, just ask him the the good questions. No, it's never gonna happen because these guys are fearful for their job. That role in the media has already been diminished over the past five to ten years, and then once COVID happened. When I was talking to Andy Martino on one of those podcasts, he said once COVID happened and uh, guys, we were doing the Zoom interviews, we just you lost any connection to any players or any coaches that you possibly had, and they just got further and further reserved. And the more you ask them troll questions, the less likely they are to ever give you an exclusive or any information. And that's what these guys' job is dependent on, is having access. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I can be hopeful. Oh, hope. Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> um, let's uh, talk about the rest, some other things from the trade deadline. Obviously, every team ahead of the Yankees in the American League made Got better. <laughs> Boston added, Baltimore added, Houston, we know what they did. Tampa added, you mentioned Savale. Uh, Toronto made a couple interesting moves. Jordan Hicks, Paul DeYoung. Texas got Scherzer, Montgomery, and Stratton. Uh, Boston got Urias, and uh, Baltimore got Jack Flaherty. Every, yeah, everyone got better. The Yankees did nothing, um, which is worse than getting worse. Um, but hey, they were interested in players. So, the, so so they were interested. And like I joked earlier, they sent scouts to San Diego just to make sure that Juan Soto is good, just in case that the Padres were going to trade him. Uh, the scouts could then report back to Brian Cashman. Yeah, uh, Juan, Soto, Juan, Juan Soto might be somebody you want to acquire, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, he's young, controlled. Good, good use of thirty eight hundred dollars to send that scout out there to San Diego, put him up in a hotel. That was really worth that scouting report. Juan Soto is good. Period. Yeah. So the the other the other pieces that I'm also interested in are the are the conversations that were had about current players that are not going to be yes uh, potentially not on this team or, or at least not under contract next year. You know who's and, to say and who, this who is who the will be part and who will not be signed. But but yeah, they 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 could have gotten. Not Martin. Look, none of this was going to bring back anything crazy, but what it would have. But done, they were trying, which is the frustrating thing. What is that what done, Brian Cashman was asking for? Because teams were calling on Bader, teams were calling on Glaber. Brian Cashman was asking apparently way too much for those players. Not because what he he knew he needed to do. If he sold, I'm using air quotes for anyone listening, but on YouTube you can see I'm using the air quotes. If he sold. He needed to be able to say, we couldn't say no to this deal because we got this team's number four and number seven prospects. And this is going to line us up. You know what I'm saying? Well, he there's also, blown again, away. no, no plan for the future as well. If, if, you know, you can't say that we're not going to sign Bader because they have no idea what they're doing. Bader might be the center fielder next year if they sign him. Because they so have trade no him inside him. They did that yeah. with uh, Raldis Chapman. They did. Tra You're right. They tra have done trade that. Harrison Bader for a team's number 29th prospect like you gave the White Sox. And then if you really like Harrison Bader, which you shouldn't, sign him in the offseason. Yeah. But no direction for, for any of this. And the fact that they still believe or say that they believe that this team can compete is just uh, it's it's funny. It's humorous. It is because there are expiring contracts that you could have gotten some value for. Domingo Herman, probably not a sellable asset. At that yeah, point. we realize now. I mean, I thought Domingo Herman was potentially a sellable. I mean, asset. the Oakland A's wouldn't have disclosed that, but uh, yeah, maybe the Yankees would have. <laughs> uh, Harrison Bader, I just pulled up some numbers uh, since July first, which is eighty nine play played appearances, has a six eighteen OPS. It's about what he was 
for most of his time in St. Louis. Uh, yeah. Pretty much a little bit below league average offensive player. And that's yeah. what he's been pretty much for the Yankees this year. Other than when he first came back from injury, originally he did jumpstart. He did give the Yankees a spark and he was really, really good for a couple of weeks. But other than that, he's been bad. He's been a bad offensive player. Yeah. And he's been a guy who's had injury problems. So you combine those two things, mediocre player, injury guy, not worth signing. Yeah, you can get defense other places. There's he's a good defender. Everybody still maybe not as good of a defender as I was expecting, to be honest, but he's a good defender. Um IKF also good defender. That's a guy I want to stay around, Logan. I want him to stick around. <laughs> IKF is part of the solution. <laughs> Teams were calling on IKF too. Who didn't know the Blue I would, Jays? No, hell asked, no! Don't, don't the Blue Jays asked him. about IKF. Yeah, because they, he's a valuable player. He is. He could help someone in the at the at the end. So the another interesting thing is t- teams are calling on Holmes and King. Yep. And I actually agree with not trading them because the reality is they were not going to yield top end prospects. The days of trading Chapman and Andrew Miller for high end prospects that that was a I think the Yankees just caught the caught lightning in a bottle there. They caught two teams. The Guardians, or well, well, maybe not because nobody really worked out. You could say Glaber worked out, but that that's that's no. But that's but that. you can still say at the time they traded for top prospects. Okay, it doesn't matter what happened with the prospects; those were top prospects at the time. They traded Miller to Cleveland and got back Frazier, uh, Fire Eisen, and Sheffield. Justice Sheffield was Justice. part of that too. Okay, so they got. They got a lot for, and, for and ben Andrew Heller. Miller ben Heller. and Ben Heller. And Ben Heller. And they got Glaber Torres from and and, and Billy um McKinney. And Billy McKinney. And, McKinney. and um they also got back Adam Warren, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Still, yeah. You still haven't heard from, but still. Yeah. You what you got for just two relief pitchers was twofold. One, both of those teams were in unique positions, hadn't won in a billion years, both trying to win. Okay, so they were overpaying for their missing pieces, which was a elite relief talent. We were also in that era coming off of the 15-16 Royals that won World Series or got to uh, Game 7s of World Series on the backs of their bullpens. And so teams said, we need shutdown relief pitching. in in, And it worked for both of those teams. Like, you can argue, I and mean, both of those teams took it to Game 7 of the World Series in large part due to their to the relief pitching they got. You were not going to get top prospects, overhaul your farm system for Michael King and Clay Holmes. So in my well, also, opinion, they're not dominant guys. They've had, they're not dominant guys. Consistencies. Either. Yeah. So you can't, in my opinion, there's you can't more even value put them in the same realm as Chapman at that point And, and Miller at that point, because both of those guys were elite, elite back of the bullpen guys. The, so in my opinion, both of those guys have actually more value to the Yankees pitching next year, hopefully on a contending team than they do getting you, some mid-level prospects this year. I agree Bader, different story. Glaber, different story. Anything else you could trade from the rotation, which we know now Herman is not was not tradable. Severino's Maybe a not team tradable. was Severino's probably not tradable. Maybe a team was would want to take a shot on him, but probably not. Like literally, it was Bader and Glaber were your only two valuable pieces that you could trade. Yeah, yeah. So again, goes back to also the makeup of what what we're doing here too. You don't even have assets to trade. I know Glaber has a year and a half left. This is the best Glaber Torres has been in a really long time. You sell high on him now. 
because I don't think they're going to sign him long term. They would be foolish to sign him long term. They would be I foolish think, to sign him long term. But okay, keep going. Yes, they absolutely would be foolish to sign him long term. Okay. You think he had discipline problems when he was trying to when he was playing as a young player for arbitration in the contract. He came into camp in COVID as a fat ass, as a 26-year-old. You think he's going to have he's going to be all uh, you know, He's going to have, be regimented in his diet and everything if he gets a hundred plus million dollar contract. They would be utter fools to sign Glaber Torres. Ever since he became a father, none of that has happened. So there's a there's a there's a change in the paradigm here. Ever since and, he became a father, none of that has happened. Yeah, don't be looking up exactly when the kid was do born. You, do you remember uh, <laughs> he, uh, last spring training? I, anyway, I'm not, I don't want do to remember. Do you remember last Glaber spring Torres training he's when they? The problem. Do you remember last spring training? When they did that stupid yes network thing and they asked what's the first thing that comes to your mind when we say this player and when they said glaber torres there was like everyone all they said was call of duty i mean they're they're all friends what that means nothing to me he had already had a kid at that point yeah so he's playing video games what do i give a shit your point that makes no sense not he's a child my point is he's a child <laughs> there's a lot of grown-ass men that play video games Anyway, um, yes, there, there's time to play the video games at when they just, you know what, I, here's, here's what I want here. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll appreciate this. As long as another GM comes in and, and deems and makes a different, there's someone else is giving, giving the, the report on him. And if they go and there's a plan and he's part of the plan, but there's more pieces around it. Totally fine. He's, he's a, he's a good player. He's not a very good player. He's not a great player. He's not a bad player. He's a good player. He's a good piece. He is. I'm just looking up some, and he keeps you on your toes. Right he now. keeps you on your toes, which I appreciate. Oh, you you like you like yeah you the, you the the schizophrenia of you. of Glaber Torres. Yes. He'll go two for I like three. What, I he'll like go what two he for three. He'll go two for three, but then he'll just make back breaking mental error to cost you a game. Yeah, I do. I like what he does to you personally. Yes, it's. A, I don't think he's ever hated a player. I know. Right? Uh, I've pretty, hated players I've much more. Chase Headley, but uh, Chase Headley didn't Chase Headley deserve yeah. the hate it's like what do you chase headley like, definitely like, deserved the hate. it's like getting mad uh negative exit velocity you remember yeah but he was never supposed to be anything oh like, glaber torres glaber torres is glaber torres i know was up to like a 112 wrc plus at one point oh, he's boy. now at 107 seven percent better than league we're talking Chris, about a I'm league good. average player i need i need team ops plus why because he would be at a why? 180 why, why not? Because what does that saying. tell you? That doesn't tell you. That just tells you the rest of the team sucks. It's exactly well, you know what it also does. Right? That it's, does it's, not. Again, Andrew, being Andrew, the skinniest the kid team. at fat camp does not make you skinny. You're still at fat camp. Yo, first being of all, the best player on the Yankees this year does not make you good. You're, you're playing with a bunch of shit ass players. Yes. You're yes. Valuable though. You're playing with other bad players around you in a lineup where you have to get attacked. That that if you are surrounded by better players especially on the offensive side, you have a better opportunity to, to produce. You have a better opportunity to see better pitches. When you're surrounded by trash, you're few and far between. So I could absolutely argue that a man who is seven points higher than the average player, if you were on a good team with an actual decent offensive production around him, you could see that take up a significant amount because he would actually be getting more opportunities to do damage within a strike zone. So it, it it makes it makes no sense. He's 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 not and to boot not the problem. And to boot, and he's a pretty his, good defender actually. Oh no, but negative defensive metrics. This pretty year. good defender. 
You're just screaming at the sky. Maybe other teams didn't want to trade for Glover Torres because they looked at the numbers and they were like, yeah, I know he's your best player, but he would be like our 17th best player. So we don't really want him. I do want to know the, the fact that, you know, what Brian Cashman was asking for. That's what I'm curious about. 62nd percentile and outs above average does not make you a good defender. That makes you a, that's a, that is a red dot on makes you a mediocre fielder. That is a red you know, how many times can I just talk about things and hit truths? You know, only occasionally, I don't know what you want from me. 62nd percentile. I have to argue about Glaber you know Torres you know this guy six, every day. 62nd percentile is the equivalent of a 107 WRC plus. It's barely better than league average, but it is. So. So he's so he's a he's a barely better than league average player. Which you want to sign long term a, be, a barely better than league average player. You want to sign that yes, long term. You can't you can't have superstars everywhere. You have to have uh, manageable things. Uh, can we have good players? Can we have that's what decently good players? No, that's he's not. He he's average. He's, he's average. You know, he's a, we just established he's average. Well, he's better than average. Actually, you established that. Is seven percent better than average? That's better good. than average. Better than average. Hey, he's one of the few guys that doesn't strike out. Yeah, there you go. Does he walk? Thank you, Logan. Does he walk? Does he I know walk? the answer. Uh, Why would he walk? Everybody's going to go after him. He doesn't. He doesn't really walk. Glaber Torres well, is actually, not. Well, actually, he's he's three twenty two on base percentages here. He's got a two sixty average. Yeah. that's not that's not, not bad at all. Yeah, you don't have to. God, walk when you you're, guys when you're are. Here. I I wish, I wish, I could have like we could go back in time four years and and you could hear what you're saying. You actually just said 322 on base percentage is not bad. No, no, no. That's not what I said. I said that when you hit 260, a 322 on base percentage is fine. I, I feel like you guys are now trolling me. Like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> what do you mean? You guys are talking like a 260 batting average and a 322 on base percentage is like all-star, Hall of Fame. Like Glaber Torres is going to the Hall of Fame. Retire his number. Old timers day. If the if the uh, if the three true outcome and and launch angle era stays long enough, the two sixty average actually might get you in the Hall of Fame. I listen. Part of my Glaber Torres's hate is your guys seeming just which which defiant is, you know, obsession with him this year, which means he this is, is never going to end. Glaber which Torres means this is, is never going to end because part of this is really just to piss you off too. So we're in a this is a juxtaposition. Glaber Torres spot. is not the problem with the twenty twenty three Yankees. Cool. But he See is you guys a next problem. Week. Talk to you he next is week. a problem on the 2023 Yankees, one of many. Okay. Uh, and I just Astros. think he's stupid. No, well, that's the reason you don't like him. If you didn't, make yeah, I think he's a stupid baseball no player. Yeah, you're. If if a I league know, average player didn't make crushing mental mistakes, then you're, you're right. I wouldn't have that much of a problem with him. Or if you're hitting a 138. WRC plus and you make some mental mistakes I can overlook them when you're at 107 barely above league average barely above league average defensively and you are stupid on the baseball field I'm sorry I can't overlook it okay 18 strikeouts a game the Astros are coming into town and um <clears throat> I'm concerned that it's going to be a bloodbath they're the type of team that understands and recognizes when there's a wounded animal walking around mm -hmm. uh they're they're bringing in and an they're the type of team that will play with the carcass after oh after wonder they they, they are over. they are hyenas they they mm -hmm. will eat the bones yep. um because they're scavengers they're scumbags and they will 
they will. I can't even say they're scumbags because it's like a different team at this point. Alex Bregman's a scumbag, but the rest of them are just very good baseball players and do have that killer instinct. And when you bring a guy like Justin Verlander in now, the confidence level is at an all time high for this year. So you're looking at something that's uh, uh, it's it's not a, not not a good combination of things. And you don't have Cole pitching in this series, which is a problem because he's really the only thing that's giving you've you got any schmidt at this point. schmidt who's been very consistent since may you've got severino has been the worst pitcher in baseball you've got nestor cortez coming back from injury and you've got carlos radon who's been terrible since coming back from injury going against verlander over the weekend against the astros who own you are can in we your just head ra- can we just ramp frankie montas up why not? Now, you know, you know what's going to be funny is like Frankie Montes is going to get like a start like September 16th. No, Frankie Montes is like, I'm not coming anywhere near this team right now. I'm not, I'm not coming anywhere near this team. If I were so him, you know I, was, I would avoid it like the plague. When Boone teased to the media something is happening with the rotation, he said everyone's healthy and he mentioned Herman being healthy. Which I thought, I know if he left Herman out, then it would have been an indication of something's up with Herman. But like, I don't know, just don't say anything. Just say there's something going on the, with the rotation. We will, there, it will be announced, whatever. Don't even say these guys are held. Like, I don't know. It's just like, I, uh, all right, I don't know. I can't talk about this team anymore right now. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a massively frustrating week. A massively on on top of a massively frustrating season. You know, it's just one of those things that's they they're forcing us to not talk about baseball, which is really fucking unfortunate. You know, they're yeah, forcing right. the hand for anybody who cares about this team, who talks about this team, who covers this team in any capacity. You can't talk about baseball because baseball is not even the a top three story with this team right now, which is crazy. Well, you know what? What I mean, we're a couple weeks away from doing the "What do you want to see in the off season episode? What do you want to I mean, see the what? What do you want to see the rest of the way this year? Like, we're, we're not even in the analyzing a series because it it's not going to matter. None of these games are going to matter. This team is not going to make the playoffs. I do think they're going to hang around because they're going to be good enough to play five hundred and hang around. The worst case scenario for this team legitimately would be sneaking into the last wild card spot. I do believe that would be the worst thing for this team. Yeah. I mean, whether they're what, just because, because if they the, do that, if I mean, they that's do that, that that's, nothing that's will change. Nothing will change in the off season. That. That's assuming that. Yes. But, but you know, why do you think something would why, change in the yeah, off season? Why, that's, the, they, that's my, because if they, they flame the out, if they flame out and they're eliminated on September 8th, I'll have no. 2% hope. 2% hope, hope that hope, they will hope. make change in the hope is not a plan, Andrew. Hope is not a plan. That's the, okay, that's so, the so thing. Nothing, they're not going to change no matter what then? I, that's that's what they've shown us. May, they change players? They're going to change players regardless. Are they going to change? I'm talking like, about the manager. And, they're not, I mean, managing. again, dude, like there's nothing showing that that's going to happen. So what? them not making the playoffs doesn't assume that. So Honestly. Joe Girardi, talking- Joe Girardi outperformed everything that anybody ever thought was, you know, uh, right, right. That decision a, a, was a, made in was July a, and just was like a the millisecond decision- was a millisecond yep. from being from the world series with a team that was early and got canned because of, of whatever. So no, it, it means nothing. I don't think it means anything. And I don't know. I don't know what the determining factor is, whether they sneak into the last wild card 
or they don't make the playoffs. I don't think either one of those have anything to do with what they're going to do. And if they're going to stand pat, they were always going to stand pat. I, I have to believe because if I don't believe this, I, I should just stop watching and stop being a fan entirely. I have to believe that if this team, after spending nearly $300 million, misses the playoffs, Hal Steinbrenner has to say, Brian Cashman, you have not gotten the job done. I'm making a change. Aaron Boone was not the right hire. I'm making a change. If he if he is not willing to do that after spending $300 million and watching this team regress year after year for going on five seasons, then... What is the point of being a fan of this organization? I don't know, but they gave him an extension last year when there's no world in, in which he deserved an extension. Then then look in at yourself in the mirror and realize that was the wrong decision and just have to eat it. Yeah. Like okay. they did with Aaron Hicks. They had to eat it. They're going to have to eat some mistakes. And if and, and if that's not going to if I, if I don't believe that's going to happen, you don't no believe point. it's going to happen. I know. <laughs> All right. Let's see what happens in Houston. Again, at the end of the day, I'm just going to say something that's a little half, half glass full because I feel like I need to before the, uh, I get to the rest of my day. If the, if the players on, the, uh, on, the, on this team actually do what they're supposed to do, they, they could actually be decent. But they just they don't. <laughs> so, yeah. When they look at the talent on this team and that, that is supposed to perform like we all expected them to perform – Team, team could potentially do something. So just do that. So just do that, guys. That, that, that was literally the Yankees' uh, war room ahead of the trade yeah. deadline is, uh, guys, let's just have everyone play like it's 2015 again. Yeah. We're just going to add, you know, 25% to everybody's stat line and see what, no, where the nerds – Hey, nerds, where does that. this put us? 25%. You need more than 25%. The only player you need 25% to is Glaber Torres. Then he'd be a good player. But you need like 50% increase on everybody else for them to be okay. All right, guys. Everybody, emotionally, good luck. Good luck with the Houston series. I, I seriously say this. Take care of yourselves. Uh, and uh, go outside. Look up. Look up. Go outside. Jets, Jets, Jets are on tonight. That's something. Uh, all right. We'll talk to you guys after the Houston series. Uh, might be an Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.